You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to The Paddock and the Pavilion with Stephen Wallace. In each show, Stephen will interview someone connected to the world of horse racing or cricket. In today's podcast, I am back with Gay Kellaway, the Exning-based trainer who has just returned from the Polish-Ukraine border after delivering crucial and critical supplies for the Ukrainian refugees and their pets, including horses. Thanks for joining me again, Gay. Yeah, hi, Stephen. Nice to to join you again. Well, to start with, I'd I'd like to thank you and the others for what you have done and and are doing. Yeah, it's great. I mean, Team Charlie Mann, they went in a convoy of eight uh, from Calais, um, and they went to the border, well, just uh, this side of the border, Lviv, um, to drop off at warehouses, um, food and uh, urgent medical supplies. Um, they, they, they were in big lorries and it took quite a long time and Ocean Murphy was part of that um, convoy. Whereas I went uh, via Harwich uh, with uh, another lorry behind me, Jenny and Tim Thompson-Jones. And if anybody remembers Tim Thompson-Jones. And uh, so they had a bigger lorry with lots of uh, shavings, bikes in and, and various other um, urgent urgent uh, medical supplies for horses. And I took uh, feed, bedding, uh, medical supplies, rugs, head collars, um, ropes, chiffneys, everything they needed. They've got nothing there, you know, nothing um, at the hub in, in Lviv in Poland. So, uh, yeah, so we went to Harwich and that we went through Holland. Germany and Poland uh, but Neil and I sort of got a head start a bit because um, we're in a smaller lorry uh, Jenny was in a big lorry and it's quite hard driving those big lorries it's obviously restricted they're restricted on whereas we haven't we got a Renault Master so we kicked on and we actually did it in, we only we only stayed two nights uh, actually um, when we went away we did it from Sunday night from Harwich and we got back home at quarter past midnight Wednesday so we really did a lot of hard driving. I think one day we did 15 hours 
Uh, we never had dinner. Well, I think we had one meal, proper meal, which was breakfast um, one morning. So that was it. And that's basically our grueling journey back and forth. It was hard. It was 2,800 miles. Uh, it was hard, but it's really, really worthwhile. I can't tell you. So did you get any sleep? Oh, you must have got some. Uh, yeah, yeah, we did. We got uh, two decent nights sleep. We got in late at 11, went straight to bed and then got up about uh, uh, seven the next morning. Bearing in mind there are our head over there, which is always a bit of a bug bind for us when we come from the UK. So, yeah. And it was so, Neil Carson uh, that was with you, wasn't it? Yeah, Neil Carson, Willie Carson's uh, son. He's about the same age as me. And his wife, um, Julie, We actually our phones didn't work, believe it or not, when we were in part of Germ- Germany in Dresden. We stayed overnight in Dresden on the way back and our phones didn't work for both of our phones. We were on different networks for about half a day. Um, and fortunately, um, Julie, Julia, uh, Neil's wife, who's a medic, and she wanted to come with us, but she couldn't get the time off, sadly, she was guiding us through, you know, and uh, it, it was basically put us on a German network that didn't work. So we had a lot, bit of a problem there, seeing that we're not really computer literate, uh, neither Neil or I, but we sorted it and brought you back on track. And Neil's driven a few times over there, so basically knew where he was going. Yeah, I was so, going to say, what was it like driving, you know, wrong side of the it road? Was just never, just imagine when the motorway says you've got another 700 miles to go, just in a straight line. It's literally straight. Honestly, the journey is completely straight more or less. So uh, it's a pretty simple drive, but a long one and grueling. I mean, coming home, we, we did, what, Poland, Germany, um, Holland, Belgium, France, and UK. We went back Calais way. So, yeah, it was long. It's interesting. The Polish people are really nice. Couldn't be more welcoming to us, you know. And the Germans are a bit nervous because they said it's a bit close. I said, well, you've got a country in between, haven't you? So, uh, you know, I think, you know, the Germans, I felt with the, the way they spoke, they didn't seem to realise what's really going on. <laughs> Whereas the Polish, they, they're a bit more, obviously a lot more aware because it's so close to them and, and, and really concerned and worried, you know. And it's a worrying time for the world we live in at the moment, isn't it? Well, it certainly is. Well, it's it's Good Friday as we're recording, and people in the UK are enjoying the sunshine. Uh, but you've taken action in a completely different area, war-torn area. What was the reaction when you first got there from the people? Well, when I got there, there's a young lady called Charlie running it. I was surprising. She was only about in her early 30s. She went over there just to give them a hand, and she's ended up staying there three months. And she only literally had one bag with her. She's had to buy things like portaloos. She's living in a, in, a, in a room and she's borrowing things. There's a lady that owns the, the equestrian centre and um, on the border and she sort of puts some makeshift stables in. And they're literally, they're only meant to be a hub for a couple of days until the horses moved on, but you can't move the horses on, they're too sick. I saw two horses there, two, 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 I think they're thoroughbreds actually, they're like race, race horses. Remember there's a race horse near Lviv and um, they're RSPCA, they, they look like they've been starved. And they also looked, um, a couple of horses looked traumatised, you know. I've never seen horses like it in my life. All the years I've been around horses, all my life, I've never seen so traumatised horses, so stressed. You know, one had colic at the time. They wanted to take it home, but couldn't travel the horse, it was too sick. And basically, they're looking for foster homes for the horses because obviously the owners want to reunite. And the saddest story Charlie told me was um, there was a girl that brought her pony over. She'd lost everything, her home 
and uh, all her belongings, and all she had was this pony and a, and, a, and a trailer. And she found Charlie's place and got there, and she gave the pony to Charlie, and she said, all I want to do is die. I just want to kill myself. I've lost everything. I have no life. And that's how sad, that's the honest, honest truth, how sad it is over there. You know, people that love their horses, love their animals. Some people won't leave their horses. And then another story was, well, Charlie bought um, a show jump of 500 euros from a farmer because his farm had been um, bombed and completely flattened. The Russians have taken over um, that area. So they've taken, obviously, over his land and what have you. He got nothing. He had no money, so she gave him 500. It's all she had, 500 euros to give to, give to him, and she's got the, the horse now. So, um, And the vet, he brought in 16 horses from his show jumping yard where he was at. He squashed them all in, 12 of them in a six, uh, 12 box, 12 horse box. He put 16 in there. And he literally, the horse box was been held by string. So um, it's just lots of stories you hear. And one horse had turned over in the lorry and been lying there for 16 hours in a 40 hour journey, you know, got upset and threw himself down on the ground. So, and they thought he'd broken his shoulder, but he was fine. But all these things, they need medical attention. Kuba, the vet, is an amazing guy. He's Ukrainian. And he's rushing back and forth uh, to Ukraine. He's allowed in. You can't go actually into the war zone. As much as I volunteered to go and pick horses up in Ukraine, where the, where the bombing was, they just won't let you in through the border, obviously, Polish, because um, it's too dangerous. And But they let the vets through, you know, with the, the lorries. So, um, yeah, so all I can do is, like, help and a little bit and, and pick up the pieces. But we were the first to arrive with anything, personally, you know. So how many horses so just, did you see altogether? I think Charlie, quite a few, and she had about 16, 20. She only had about 26 in, but they were having another 21 arrive. Um, so um, she's going to fear a fair few in, you know. Um, and she said that's when the problems start when you have a lot more. They didn't have any bedding. Thank God I, I did a little load of bedding, so did Jenny, so that would help them through. But I'm working on companies to send donates and bedding from Germany um, also, a uh, very kind guy, an English guy that owns horses in Poland and Warsaw, where um, there's a race, there's a, there's a uh, race course there. And he called me and he said, you know, he's off his stables and they'd be well looked after the horses there. So just need hubs in areas where you can get them out from that, where Charlie's place is and they can have a, a peaceful existence. But it's quite tough because you just can't, because it's such a horrendous weight at the border from Ukraine to Poland. Um, it's difficult to um, expect them to recover quickly after that sort of journey. So yeah, it's quite—it's really awful, you know. And God knows when it's going to end. And it was a lot worse than you expected. Yeah. yeah Must really bring it home. Must really bring it home. Yeah, you know? it really brought home yeah. with the people, the stories. I mean, the guys there—Ukrainian, Polish, and and uh, French guys—we couldn't spend. We didn't spend much time there because Charlie didn't really. Didn't need us. We once we unloaded the stuff and had a long chat with her and looked at the horses. We our use was more. We'd be more useful going home and raising money and starting again and make as many phone calls and use every contact I have. I'm even contact. I had an um, an owner who's still I'm quite friendly with called Nat Parker and he's an actor, quite a famous actor. And I've, I've got on to him. Come on, you know, chase all your rich friends and you know, even if even if um, people just donate a pound, you know, it's something, you know. It's amazing what he can get. I mean, you know, Charlie's been funding herself and she's looking for help from um, horse welfare. Um, 
but I don't know. She doesn't seem to have an awful lot of. I can't see her having a lot of help from other um, areas. But whether there's a show jumping um, area somewhere else, I don't know. I'm, I don't know. But that, that this is the only hub I know of. This is um, Charlie Thornycroft, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was reading about her on on in your article with the Racing Post. Yeah. And she's, yeah, she's even been in the war-torn area, hasn't she? Yeah, she has. Yeah. Yeah. She's been in there and she's, and she's amazingly, she cried when she saw Neil and I, you know, she's the first English people I've seen for three months. You know, I mean, she's on her own there. For so far, and she's only young, you know, so it's so sad for her. But fortunately, Jenny and Tim and their other drivers there have been there for a few days. Um, just been a bit of time with her, really. She's a bit lonely. It's very lonely existing. It's quite, but she's doing a great job. I mean, you people out there, we need, don't we? You know. Um, so, on the other uh, podcast, you said that the the, uh, the vet was going to be doing a lot of chipping of the horses. Yeah. Well, they said they were. This is what I was told beforehand, but there was no there's no vet went over there, so. Um, I'm just going to learn. I just sort of learned who was over there. And, and I didn't know how I was seeing what I was doing. Um, I just thought it was a bit blind going into it. But now I'm learning a lot and knowing a lot of people. I'm really giving a lot of phone calls. And I hope people get in touch with me. Um, all I know, we massively need funds and donations. It's been marvellous with the rugs and the shavings. I mean, I've got contacts now that I can fill my lorry. It's been brilliant. You know, Chelmsford's been fantastic. And... Um, and very small trainers, like even Henry Spiller, who's a small trainer, brought over about 20 rugs to me. I mean, every little bit helps, you know. I've had Julie Comancho and Nigel Tinker on the phone to me. They, they, they didn't realise, and they, they're getting the Northern trainers together to, to, to get some donations to us. So, yeah, Julie, Julie Comancho was really heartwarming when she called me. So it was nice, you know. Not every trainer does it, because obviously they, horses are just a commodity to them. It's just a job, and they're just things they've... They work with, but you know, people like I mean, it's, it's the women trainers really more so. Eve, Eve, Eve Johnson Houghton kindly donated quite a lot of money to us, which was you know really nice. And you know, she really cares about our horses. And and uh, I mean, like you say, you know, without horses, I would I, I would have nothing in my life. I wouldn't have a lovely house and lovely life, you know. So I owe them a great deal. And if I can't do something, it's not just race horses, polo ponies, little ponies, little kids ponies as well. They abandoned, you know, people are just so terrified. They just left their animals. Some won't leave them, but someone just left them. But the horses, the horses don't pick a war, people do, don't they? So, yeah, it's quite and sad. You've been talking about your campaign, which you've now set up a Just just Giving page. Crowdfunding, yeah. yeah. Yeah, can you let people know more about the campaign? Yeah, we've been just trying to get donations. It goes into a fund, into account, and... Anything that's needed, obviously, it costs. It will cost around two and a, two, two and a half thousand to get lorries up there and back, and to deliver lorries in various places. We've got another hub in Holland. We can drop horses off to, but obviously, this all costs money. Costs money to get paperwork. Costs money to get across on the ferry. Costs money. We try and keep. I mean, Neil and I kept our costs down really low because staying out. We didn't. We're not interested in in stopping out and having long dinners. It's not a holiday. It's a job for us to do, and uh, we just wanted to put our head down. You know. We, we, we literally took a fridge full of food and, and ate along, along our journey and just had some pit stops, you know. So um, basically, you know, we just try and keep the costs down and just really um, utilise our time. 
of getting there and, and dropping the goods off and knowing what Charlie wants, you know. And you're looking to raise 40,000, aren't you? Yeah, as much as I can, really. That's all yeah. their target for me, you know, as much as we can to help horses. I want to have enough money that people can go in there, pick them up. And, or, you know, a lot of people are kind, like Ben from Brandon's the transport company. He managed to get us on a ferry over there because we're, we're aid workers. So, you know, that, get, that we get a free pass there, which is great. So, um, yeah, and I, and I provide the wear and tear on my lorry, which I don't mind, you know. I'm happy to do that. And I put some funds in myself anyway, so you know. Well, as, any, we, record, any... as we record now on Good Friday, uh, just early afternoon, you you've already hit ten percent, so uh, a good start. Yeah, great. I mean, I started it. Uh, I started when I was sat in Calais Airport, <laughs> not airport, Calais Port, and started um, got the got the up and running, and everybody's been great. Donations, brilliant. I've just been making lots of phone calls, putting it out. People like you. You know, to put it out there to people, it's it's amazing. Really kind people. Even a pound, even a pound, it goes a long way. You know. Well, it's the least we can do when you uh, see where you've been. It's easy for us sitting on our sofa watching the telly and enjoying the bank holiday weekend, but you've really taken some action, um, and you're also considering going back yourself again. Yeah, I'll go back on the twenty eighth um, during Guinness weekend. Uh, I've got nothing in the Guinness, so I'm all right. <laughs> I'm going to Doncaster Sales next week, and then um, I've got my good filly, three-year-old, running a listed race on the 28th, which I'll go to, and I get the 28th ferry at Chelmsford, and I go from the 28th in the evening from Harwich, and then we'll make our way down there, and we back back by the following Tuesday, which I'll go up to Chester. Then I've got my two-year-old, good two-year-old that won the other day, uh, Ocean Cloud, running at Chester. So I have a wonderful team at home. Wonderful team at home. Um, my head girl, Liz, has been with me for 22 years. And I've got PJ O'Gorman, Bill O'Gorman's son, as my assistant. And I've got a good, a good staff. You know, we're not short of staff. We've got plenty of staff. We're only a small team of 25 horses. So, yeah, I've got a, re- a great team around me and they've been very supportive. And they could totally un- they get me because they know how much I love my horses that I want to do this, you know. Yeah, well, I've seen you've got runners this weekend and uh, best luck for the. Yaskut uh, Philly Hope. Yeah, well, hope so. Yeah, she's she's a cracker. But you know, hopefully she'll do well because obviously you know I I actually own her and um, and I, if we if you want to ask, I plan to donate a lot of that money to to the welfare for horses, you know, in Ukraine. So hopefully she does well. But there'll be money coming from her winnings. Um, I've already put some in from her first win. It wasn't a lot. I mean, we only won three grand. You know. Um, but it's something, and I put I put five hundred pounds of that into the front front, and I put it from the team and staff um, towards the the campaign in Ukraine. And if she keeps winning more, I'm going to put more in. So, yeah. So she's carrying the flag for Ukraine, Ocean Cloud. Well, that's very nice to hear. Is there anything else you want to add? No, it's just peace. You know, anybody out there keen to donate anything? I mean, I'm so grateful for anything. You know, it all counts. You know. You get a million people putting a pound in, you're laughing, aren't you? So, you know, it just all helps. And Teresa will be um, the secretary that runs runs the office. She 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 controls everything. So, and she knows what goes in and out financially. So, you know, we just um, we just being careful what we use. I mean, diesel's a lot cheaper in in Poland, <laughs> obviously, and in some areas in Holland. So, you know, we're on it. We 
we look at um, looking at the, you know keeping the cost down and, and just putting most of the money into the into Ukraine. You know. Well, thank you again for joining me on the the show, and the best of luck in the campaign and the push to raise forty thousand pounds for this very worthy cause. Thanks, Stephen. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Thank you for listening to The Paddock and the Pavilion. You can download the show on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, SoundCloud, Stitcher and Spotify. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at The Pad and Pad. Don't forget, if you like the show, please do leave us a rating and review. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.